Dave's Psych Lectures, part of the Thunderbird 6 Podcasting Network. Like I said, I need a roadie. I really need a roadie. That's a pretty decent mic. And it looks old-timey. I think that's what's the most important thing about it. Uh, right, so we are talking about how about using spread, and we are talking about measuring it, and we got the idea of squaring the numbers. Of course, 112.4 is a pretty big number. It's squared units, not the original units. So we, the opposite of squaring something is take the square root. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the square root of the number that we ended up with um, when we calculated uh, before. And the original form I was using was sum of the deviations minus the mean squared over the number of observations. Right? So we did that. <clears throat> in high school, did he yell at all? Um, so, so that was what we had. But again, that squared units, let's get it down to unsquared units. We're just going to take the square root of that whole thing. Um, Am I not connected here? None. There it goes. Yeah. Um, the formula I've shown you so far, you know this, has n on the bottom, and that's actually a problem. You know this from 2126. Um, and I know the n actually makes sense for the, I mean, intuitively pleasing for the n to be there, isn't it? But it doesn't, it's not supposed to be there. In fact, it's supposed to be n minus 1. So what we should have done was that. Now what we did do, because intuitively, we're done, done trying to sort of get this from first principles, get this from an intuitive point of view, but um, this isn't intuitive. <laughs> we want something that will be an unbiased estimator of some quantity in the population. Statistics are numbers that we calculate about that describe samples. We want a parameter, we want to describe or estimate a parameter. Parameters are numbers that describe a population, and they aren't calculated, they're actually characteristics of something. Or they can be calculated, but they're characteristics of something. We want to estimate those things. We really don't care a lot about statistics, we mostly care about parameters. But we can't calculate parameters because we don't have the whole population. Right? We, we can't. So instead, we estimate them with statistics. We want an unbiased estimator. We want something that will overestimate the population, in this case, standard deviation, as much as it underestimates the population standard deviation. It's not going to get it right, but we want, to get, we want it to get it wrong. We want it to overestimate as often as it underestimates, and by just as much. Make sense? Okay. So, the population parameters variance, the standard deviation, um, have big N on the bottom. Big N in this case means the total number of observations in the in, in population, or the total number of units in the population, whatever you want to say. But the statistics, the sample statistics, have little n minus 1 on the bottom. If they had little n, they would actually underestimate the population records. More often than they overestimate. They would be biased estimators. We want unbiased estimators. Okay? That's what we're looking for, is unbiased estimators. Questions so far? Okay. So the sample statistics look like this. Little s squared equals the sum of the x minus x bar squared over n minus 1. The square root of that quantity is little s. So, so that, again, I, I realize this is a review, but I didn't review 
you from four terms ago, right? Because you could have taken this, you could have taken 21, 26 first term, second year. This is second term, third year. You literally could have been four terms ago. So I understand that it might, it might I, I'm sitting here saying you should know this, you've learned this already, but it was a while ago for some. I get that. Yes, it did. That's that's even further back. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Tom isn't here. I know he took it first year too. So it's a while. So if you have any questions, I mean, don't feel silly about asking a question, especially that I told you guys this in this class, because if you don't, they'll fall behind you if you don't understand something. All right. So in our case, you have to write this down. You can I guess if you want to, if you're some kind of person who likes writing down formulas and formulas. All right. So in our case here, we end up with, if we did this, the standard deviation of 11.85. Right? That's not bad. That, that kind of looks right, doesn't it? You know, when you think about these numbers, 1, 5, 9, 20, and 30, that has an intuitive, that's intuitively pleasing that it would be around 12-ish, and remember, even the, the, the mean absolute deviation we calculated was what, 9.4, is that correct, I think? Um, so that's okay. We got something that, again, the, the, the number it's coming out to is not bad. 11.9, more around. Okay. That's not bad. This is good. It's okay. Now the population, now note something, in the population you almost, for population parameters you're almost always going to use Greek letters, not Latin letters. Like in our alphabet's Latin, then we use the Greek letters for parameters. Sigma squared, that's a little sigma, that's a capital sigma, and it, I, know, I know it means summation, the small sigma means variance. So, thing, was it my idea, I didn't do it, I would have made the symbols, you know, perhaps little hockey sticks, something that would be pleasing to me, but it doesn't matter. Big X minus mu squared, big X, these are, that means they're, they're capital X's, they're actual population scores. These are minus mu, this is the actual population mean. Okay. And it's N because we don't have to worry about it being biased in this case, because it's the actual thing we're trying to estimate. So remember, if you're doing something for a population, which we believe sometimes, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare. But it does happen. If you want to know the average height of students, or sorry, the standard deviation of height of people in this room and no other place, we would use this formula. <coughs> But if you're thinking at all that this classroom is somehow representative of students at all in this university, or in the world, or in a world, <laughs> you would definitely not use this. So it's under very specific circumstances you use that formula. Okay. Now how are the variance of standard deviation affected by extreme scores? Extreme! I always think of Harold Kumar whenever I say the word extreme. So 159, 20, 30, our standard deviation was 11.85. Right, we just calculated that. Okay, let's start with a number. How about, how about 729? I don't know, I just picked a number. 159, 20, 30, 729. Well, our new mean now is 132.33 before it was 13. Got up a factor of 10. Wow. And our new variance is, uh, let's see, 85,555.067. I'm not going to go calculate that. I did that with a, well, I did that myself with a calculator. I have a, I had, it's finally broken, a calculator I started graduate school with that calculated variances and standard deviations and had a Z, form, Z table built in and a T table built in. And it cost me $18. It was a beautiful calculator. And then my son broke it. My daughter used it all the way through high school, too. I mean, it's a really, it was, it was not an expensive calculator. It was just perfect. And I bought it literally the first day of graduate school. And I didn't have any money. So the guy who was going to be my TA for my graduate stats class, who I didn't know yet, he was in line behind me, and I, I had the book. And he said, I'll lend you 20 bucks. What? 
He said, I'm your TA. <laughs> he saw the textbook I had. I paid him back. Just saying. Man of my word. Anyway, that does, I don't know why I told you that story. Our new standard deviation is 292 and a half. Hmm. Seems to me that the mean and uh, sort of variance uh, in the mean, obviously, are affected by extreme scores. See, the mean's affected by it because in the calculation of the mean, it's the sum of the x's divided by the number of observations. Um, and the mean is actually in this formula. If the mean is in the formula, it's going to also affect this thing. <clears throat> Now, can we use this to our advantage somehow? Well, that way, slowly, suddenly, a little fast and slow. Some of these I've ripped, obviously, font changes from other presentations. I lose the ability to care at some point, <laughs> right at the end of the first term. Um, okay, we can, we can actually think about this idea of variation. There's a thing called the coefficient of variation. You don't hear about it very much. Uh, this is data from Katz at 1990. So we had two groups of students studying. This is real data, by the way. One group studies, and they get a mean of 69.6. And the other group doesn't study, gets a mean of 46.6. Well, that kind of follows. You'd expect the group that studies does better, of course. You know what's interesting? Look at the. There's more variation in the group that studies than in the group that doesn't study. So there are more pe people do better, go to more extreme. They also go, to, go down more. What? Wait, what? How is that possible? That can't be a thing. How could you do more poorly? How could you be more spread out if people are studying more? Shouldn't their knowledge be more tight? Shouldn't it be like their scores be a little tighter because they're getting to know more? It's counterintuitive, isn't it? It's deviation. The standard deviation is almost twice this one. Wow. One and a half, right? That's weird. Well, so we can conclude there's more variation with studying, which would be which is not only counterintuitive, it just strikes me as wrong. How could that be? How could that be? Well, what you do is if you take this, the standard deviation, and divide it by the mean, what we're doing is we're taking the fact that we're taking the mean into account. We're taking the change in the mean into account. So we're just taking SD divided by mean. And we end up with 0.152 and 0.146. It's called coefficient variation. That tells us, in fact, really that the, this, this variation in standard deviations is simply due to the variation in means. Need we compare these using some standardized test? No. There's, there's no need to do some kind of analysis here. Beyond this, this is, again, an exploratory data analysis rule. Or uh, tool. Sorry. So... <coughs> If these two are roughly the same, we say, oh, I see, the variation in variance or standard deviation is simply due to the fact that the means are different. This is just a bigger number. You put a bigger number in here, you're going to end up with a big... What happens when you put a bigger number on top of a fraction? You get a bigger number. That's, all that, that, that's what that means. That's what that's doing. That's telling us that. That it's simply due to the fact that with a bigger number, it's got nothing to do with studying causes more variation in scores, which would be Make sense? Kind of neat. <coughs> Dated, by the way, collected by a Facebook friend of mine, which is interesting. It's greater than Facebook sometimes. Other times it's not. Hello? Who is it? Um, I found out yesterday, for example, my brother found out. My brother's, my brother's a record producer. I'm a recording engineer and producer. Like, it's a thing. That's what he does for a living. And then someone entered a, a contest on this website that eventually leads to being on an MTV show. And she used a song. She said she wrote it, and she was singing, except she wasn't singing, and she didn't play any of the instruments because my brother played the guitar and the bass. He recorded it in 2007. She said she just wrote it in 2012. She did this with somebody else, too. And it was kind of funny. So I learned all this through Facebook yesterday. And eventually, turned out she'd done this to many other artists, and this person's career's over. <laughs> so that was kind of funny, and uh, so seeing that was great. So I saw that on Facebook yesterday. So that was kind of it had its ups. 
Facebook can be useful. Such so same deviation divided by me. It was really hilarious though seeing this. At first she was saying, well, I didn't say I voted. But you did in this interview here. People are stupid. The neat thing is the TV show called the person whose song it was. Like she actually, because they realized that it was fake. Because she submitted a video of herself doing the song, but it wasn't herself. It was this other person. <laughs> oh, I was blonde then, was her response. And a foot shorter. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you can get away with that, right? Have you heard my new song, London Calling? <laughs> it's just the Clash song. I just play it and say I'm singing. Um, all right. A couple key points. Remember, we want to learn about populations, not samples. We can't calculate population parameters. It would take forever, and by then, people would have died and stuff. They'd start over. So we have to calculate sample statistics. We estimate population parameters of sample statistics. We want unbiased estimates of parameters. That's what we want. The nice thing is the mean... The, populate, the, the sample mean, x bar, is an unbiased estimator of the population mean, mu. The sample standard deviation with n minus 1 on the bottom is an unbiased estimator of the population standard deviation. Okay? Okay. And before I go on to this, to calculate this score, this number, what we had, this, 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 this point, to calculate S, uh, that's S squared, we had to, it was something we had to do. We had to <coughs> fix the value of the mean. Now, this, I know that sounds weird. Is it, didn't we actually calculate the value of the mean? Yeah, but the numbers, <coughs> the numbers don't know they were calculated. So we actually fixed this. And let's say there's four numbers to make this easy. And let's say the mean is 20. No, sorry. Let's say the mean is 5. And we have four numbers. They have to add up to 20. So we got, we got to add up to 20. So you got like 3 and 7 and 4. And oh, the last one has to be 6. It has to be. Because they have to add up to 20, because the mean's going to have to be 5. And the mean's always going to have to be 5, and so whatever the hell it turned out to be. But again, the numbers don't know that we calculated to be. So mathematically, we have, we have fixed the value. We have, we have numbers here that are free to vary, and then we have one that isn't free to vary. We have lost what's called a degree of freedom. So we have numbers that are free to vary. That was three of them. One of them couldn't vary. It was fixed. <coughs> You lose a degree of freedom when you fix a value. And that's why we're dividing by n minus 1. Questions on that? Okay, so the degrees of freedom are just the freedom numbers have to vary. Or they could be the number of values that can be arbitrarily assigned. The definition of degrees of freedom is not n minus 1. All right little notation here, the E means expected value. Expected value is just the value you would get if you, cal if you calculated something an infinite number of times. It's kind of like an average. <coughs> so if we've got a, a, a variable x, variable meaning different values, and then we've got a constant k, what's the expected value of x plus k? Well, that's x bar plus k. So the expected value of x is x bar. What's the expected value of x? It's the average of x. Good. What's the expected value of a constant? In other words, what's the average of 10? What kind of question is that? Well, it's always 10. I told you it's a constant. It's going to be 10. So if the average score, let's pretend that I was, I, I don't, when I change grades, which I very rarely do, I've been doing this job long enough that I can design tests that I, I can get nice spreads and nice averages. But let's say it does happen. It hasn't a long time. Let's say I wanted to add 5 to everybody's score. And the mean score was 60. What's the new mean? Well, 65. 
right? The variance of x plus k. What happens to the variance? So remember, the variance is about how spread out the scores are. Right? So here's how spread out the scores are. There we go. There, there's a distribution. I'm going to move them over 5. It doesn't change the variance. Just because I added a value to all of them didn't make them more spread out or less spread out, did it? So the variance of x plus k is s squared sub k, uh, s squared sub x, rather. Does that make sense? Because you have not changed the shape of the distribution and the spread of the distribution if you, multi if you add a constant to the distribution. Okay. On the other hand, let's multiply the distribution by something. Let's multiply it by k, a constant. So if we do that, the expected value of x times k is x bar times k. x bar times a constant. Remember, k is a constant. It just means the value doesn't change. x changes. It's, it's, a, it's a variable. Cassie, you look concerned. You okay? You're okay a little or concerned a little? I guess probably both then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So K would just be like 6? Like could be 6. 38. Yeah, it could be anything. Why? Do you know that it's the constant? Because it's K. K is so a constant. Give you K? Yeah, I mean, it's one of these cases where, for example, if I... Then this is actually how I change rates. I don't ever add constant to rates. Because I don't think it's fair. It's not fair to people. For example, if you got 90 and I add 5 to your score, you know, it doesn't help you as much as somebody like 40. That doesn't seem fair to me. I multiply scores times a number. So I'm multiplying times 1.1. 1. 1. 1. Okay. Yeah, and 1.1 1. 1 will be a constant in the case. So if I multiply all the scores times 1.1, 1. 1, the person at 40 is 44, the person at 90 is 99. Right? It rewards people for doing better. But it, but it does move the distribution. However, it also spreads it out more because we're multiplying the numbers. So the variance of x times k is s squared times k squared. Now, so this is one of those things, this will happen. You will do this when you're, when you're transforming data, when you're changing data. We'll talk later in the course of when you would do that. There are times when it's perfectly acceptable and reasonable. We transform things all the time. We're just changing units of measurement. Think about it, if I, if I had all your heights in inches and multiplied them times 2.54, I've got all your heights in centimeters. The numbers don't know that inches and centimeters measure exactly the same thing. So now you've got a bigger variance, right? Even though your heights haven't changed at all. My income in cents is way more impressive than my income in dollars, because it's a bigger number. That's all that is. I'm just trying to let you know that that's something that will eventually will come up now and then is that you've just you've changed units. Fahrenheit to Celsius. You know when you're listening to radio in this city, because we were at a border town, you'll often hear the the, 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 the temperature record, reported both in Fahrenheit and Celsius. You hear it reported in Celsius, the one that everyone in the world uses, and you hear it reported in Fahrenheit, which is used in the United States and Liberia. That's it. That's it. No one uses Fahrenheit anymore, except in their ovens in North America. Huh? So weird watching a cooking show, having a cookbook from the UK. And they say, turn, turn your oven up to 180. It's like, that's nothing. All right, <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> it's even better, though, because in the UK they have ovens that just have the gas ovens they have. Just are numbered. Turn your oven up to Mark 4. I don't know what that means. <laughs> What's it go up to? These ovens go to 11. Like, it's really weird. <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, they don't, I don't think those are as common as they used to be. But, but yeah, so we transform things all the time. Whenever you hear that the... And, you know, the transformation that's being done for Fahrenheit is multi, Fahrenheit and Celsius is to multiply by 5 ninths and subtract 32. <coughs> that's doing both of them. Right? So we, we do this all the time. 
So this isn't anything... I'm, what I'm trying to show you is that things can happen to, to, to the distributions, but they're still measuring the same thing if you're doing something with a constant. But it will change the shape of it, it will change the variance, it will change the mean. <coughs> that is the stupid case, the two, two sort of trivial cases. We want the constant is one, or the constant is zero. Right? So the, the trivial case here, if the constant is one, it does nothing. If the constant is zero, then all the scores collapse. And multiply all the scores times zero, it looks like everybody's the same. <coughs> when you're some kind of communist, why don't you go back to Russia? <laughs> I'm glad some of you found that funny. I did, but um, many of these jokes are just for me, as many of you know. Right? All right, questions on that? Okay. So. Okay. Let's move on. I think hypothesis testing is next, yes? That's next on the list, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. I don't want to screw this up. Uh, let's see. So uh, we'll talk about hypothesis testing, testing rather next. It's um, really one of the most sort of basic things. This is again stuff that you've done in 2126, but it's also stuff that I know it's been a while for some of you guys. Okay. That's another good. Let's start. Now what's it doing? Oh. Clear the recording like that. Oh, I gotta do that up here. Clear. Okay. No. <coughs> no. Okay, now it should work. Good. Um, alright. So the three things to need we need to, 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 to have to say we have a causal relationship of some sort. And that's what we're after, isn't it? We're after this is different from this. This causes this. We're not after let's describe something. That's not what we do. We're doing science. So we're trying to say this causes this. We're trying to make causal states. Okay? Unlike other disciplines, don't do that. That's fine. That's what they do. But in ours, we're trying to make causal statements. Um, temporal precedence. In other words, the cause must come before the effect. We have to eliminate alternative explanations. And of course, that is something that's important. That's important. Both of these are important in experimental design. And we have to have covariation. We have to say that as one changes, as the cause changes, the effect changes. We need these three things. That's probably stuff you learned about in 2127. So you temporal pre precedence, elimination of alternative explanations, and covariation. Right. Questions so far? You've heard this before. I think you probably heard this story before. Okay. The first two can easily be dealt with through design. Especially if you're doing an experiment, obviously you put people into groups first, then you measure them. There you go, temporal precedence. Eliminate alternative explanations. That's just clever experimental design. That's how do we usually do that? We control everything and vary one variable, and we randomly assign people to groups. I have now just in 45 seconds taught you 2127. <laughs> how anyone does poorly in that class is so far beyond me. That said, people do, and it happens, and I, I, I guess it's a thing, but it's the same thing over and over again. Randomly assign people to groups, control stuff. Next class, randomly assign stuff to groups. Uh, we control things, uh, move on. I don't know, that doesn't sound like Cheryl at all. Um, I, I taught that course last time, I was 
1997. It's been a while. It's been a while. But I wasn't really doing a share with Fred. I'd have to do it much shorter. <laughs> no, we all make fun of each other. We're all, don't tell Cheryl I said, I'm very frightened of her. Um, so let's make up, make up some data. I don't know what these are. I don't care what they are. Let's say they're um, scores on a thing. I don't know what they are. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But we got to get a mean of 66.2 instead of 1.6. Standard issue of 7.85 and 8.56. Okay, that's great. Whatever. Again, it really, really doesn't matter. If this is something that, if you, yeah, they're tests, okay? And one group was taught one way, one group was taught a different way. If, if, if that makes you happy, if you have to visualize people being put into groups, there, it's that. They're just numbers, guys. You know. If I don't say that, though, eventually someone goes, well, what do those numbers represent? I don't know. They're just numbers I typed. The numbers, they represent the, my typing. When I made these slides up like four years ago, this was the last course that I switched over to using um, slides. Before that, Overheads. <laughs> Awful. More than four years ago. 2007. Eight years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I just, it's amazing how long I've been doing what I do for a living. That's all. That was like 29. Holy crap, that's 20 years. Um, okay. <laughs> so there's a question for you. Um, here's a distribution with a mean of 72. And a standard deviation of, I think, six. Is that six or is it eight? Could, could these two sets of scores, one with a mean of 72, and one with a mean of well, 71.5, whatever it was, what was the other mean? 68 point something? Who gives a crap? It was, they're two pretty close numbers. Could they both have come from this distribution, those two sets of scores? Well, look. Look where the big meaty part of the curve is right here. They both come from that big meaty part of the curve where most of us live. <laughs> right? They don't come from the tails. They don't come from way over here. There's, wasn't, one group didn't have an average of 40-something. One group didn't have an average of 104. Well, that's obviously not a test. Can't get 104 on a cat. You can. It's at 105. <laughs> a friend of mine, I told some of you guys used to teach math. I was about school principal. I used to teach math. And uh, students would always ask the same question. Test coming up, and they'll say, What's it out of? Like, that matters. And he used to make tests out of like 107,000. Oh, yeah, the first question's worth 34,000 points. <laughs> Just to, and he said, You know, eventually someone would go, Oh, I see what you did. But like, people would freak out for a while. So, do we have, no, any of those means? They were what, 68 point something, 72 point something? They're both right around here. It seems pretty likely that those two means came from this parent population distribution, as we would say. Okay. Do you see the logic that I'm using here? Does that make sense? We just made a decision. There's a relatively small, usually less than 5% chance um, that two sets of scores come from the same distribution. We usually say it's unlikely to have happened by random chance alone. And therefore, we have what we call a statistically significant effect. Without significance, we do not have covariation of x and y. Or we do not have enough evidence to say we have covariation of x and y. Okay? Without that, without statistical significance, we cannot have the confidence to say that we have covariation of x Now, one can make a, a case here 
narcissists, as I said here, usually it's less than a 5% chance, that that's ridiculous. In fact, I think one can make a very strong case for saying it's ridiculous. Why should we care only about a chance of 5%? Is 5.5% not good enough? Why is 4.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.0.
It could happen. Was well, nine factorial divided by three factorial times thirteen factorial divided by three factorial? It's exceedingly unlikely. One over that. That's an exceedingly unlikely number, but it could happen. It could happen. That those exact three people in the loop side. Keeping that exact order by keeping it, I should then multiply each times nine. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I learned a great thirteen algebra. Um, but it can happen, right? So, on the other hand, what, 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 does anybody know what the major is of most basketball players? I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked. The last couple of years it was sociology. Is it still, I think? Because I know one of the sociology profs actually sort of acts as their kind of tutor. So I think a lot of it's that. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Maybe like sociology. Let's pretend nine of the 12 guys in the basketball team are team or sociology majors. Let's just pre pretend that. Now we could probably say, if we randomly picked, say, sociology students are taller than anybody else on campus. It's probably actually true. Because their parent distribution has a bunch of basketball players in it. And then we have Jamal. And we have Jamal as a basketball player, and he's not as small as I am. So, and we head for the game. So it's interesting. It, this is the kind of decision we make, except we do it <clears throat> using math rather than using, and pretty simple math, rather than just using, eh, it doesn't, it those look like they could come from the same place. Right? So does that make sense? So that's, that's sort of the logic of hypothesis testing, right? So what we do is we set up two mutually exclusive hypotheses. Mutually exclusive meaning you can be one, but not the other. You can't be both. We set up HO, or H sub O, there's people say sometimes, that's the null hypothesis. And up until a few years ago, up until about 15 years ago, when this meaning word took on another meaning, used to also people call it HO, but they don't say that anymore because it's got... It's a connotation people don't like. <laughs> but seriously, people used to say ho. Because they say ho and ha. But no one says that anymore. Because, you know, it's not nice. It's not nice to call an hypothesis a ho. <laughs> You're probably oppressing it. <laughs> um, the alternative hypothesis, you know, each sub one sometimes too, zero and one. Let's see. Ho-ha. It's the hypothesis song. Ho-ha-ha-ho. I have to keep myself entertained. I have to stand here and talk four and a half hours today. So I have to do something to keep myself somewhat entertained. It's going to be so nice in days when you guys have quizzes and tests. I know you guys don't think so, but I do. And frankly, I don't care about you people. Um, it's a joke. I care about three or four of you guys. So... The null hypothesis is that nothing happened. There is no difference. The two groups come from the same parent population distribution. By the way, those three things all mean exactly the same thing. You're saying I'm redundant? I repeat myself? I say things over and over again? Yes. The alternative hypothesis. The groups are different. They come from different parent population distributions. Again, those two things mean the same thing. Because the groups are samples of population. And see, this is why we use, going back to what I was talking about before with the height example, this is why we use random sampling. Because using random sampling, it's exceedingly unlikely to get Craig and to get Lucas uh, in the, at the same time. It's just, it's not going to happen. It could happen, but it's unlikely. Even the nine people, making three people, it's unlikely to get those two guys together. Is there is a reality that two groups are different or two groups are the same. In other words, HO is true or HA is true. That's just the way the world, it, it's, a, it's a thing. Don't go on with there is no reality. Everything's subjective, man. Get out of here. You should be in the sciences. You should go 
I don't know, go write poems. That's great. It's perfectly useful. And I, there, we need poets in the world. That's great. And you shouldn't be sitting there. There really is no reality. Oh, shut up. <laughs> now, the, our perceptual world is certainly created by our nervous system. I understand that. Sure. How do you know the red that you see is the same as the red that I see? What are you, high? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, you haven't, you haven't, you see, you may think that you thought of that the first time you got high. You know, people have been saying that ever since people have been getting high. Um, so, a joke can be true, HA can be true. Then you make it, this is, this, that's reality. We don't ever really know it. How often do we actually, are we ever actually able to look at a whole population? In our theoretical example here, the left, uh, right half of the room, the left half of the room, we can, because like, we can actually look at everybody. We wouldn't have to do a study then, would we? We could just measure everybody. Why randomly select when I've got a group of 14 and a group of 9? Done. However, if that is an exceedingly rare occurrence when we actually have whole populations in front of us. It's exceedingly rare. It's like asking the question, am I significantly taller than Spencer? No, I'm just taller than him. It just is. Does he have significantly darker hair than me? No, he just has dark hair. What kind of stupid question is that? Not everything is a statistical question. Some things are just questions. Did I cut my thumb? Yes. Did I significantly cut? Well, it was a pretty bad cut. But it's not a statistical question. It happened. Okay, so sometimes you got to keep that in mind. But it's rare in, in science when we actually have all the possible cases of interest. That's a population. Excellent definition of population. All the cases of interest. When we have all the cases of interest in front of us, and we have the time and resources to measure them all, I mean, you know what the neat thing is? We don't need to do that. We can take samples and get make a pretty good guess. So, there is reality that HO is true or HA is true. Then there is, then we make decisions. We either don't reject HO or we reject HO. We don't ever accept the alternative hypothesis. Because we don't have proof that the alternative is true. It's kind of like you're innocent until proved guilty, but you're never found innocent. You're found not guilty. Right? And that's, that's a subtle but real difference. Right? Nobody's ever found not guilty. They're found, or sorry, they're found innocent. They're found not guilty. O.J. Simpson is not guilty of killing his wife, but he killed her. Right? So... Here's the kind of thing, first of all, we don't reject HO and HO is true. Correct decision, sad decision, unpleasant decision, doesn't get published decision, eventually leading to end of career. But no publications, no tenure, you get fired. So that's no good, but it happens. At least you didn't make a fool of yourself and do this. There are no psychics. Yes, there are! You just made an idiot of yourself. I'm not pregnant. Yes, I am! <laughs> wow. That's got pretty severe consequences, doesn't it? What do we do? And again, I'm not going to ask anybody here if you're taking I'm sure people in here have been involved in pregnancy tests. Either one way or the other. How do you that? The first time you take a pregnancy test and it comes up positive, you go, well, I better get another one. Because <laughs> I better be sure. Right? And you're either very excited, but angry, very, we all nervous. Making your own people kind of nervous. It's nervous, <laughs> it's, it's nervous work. Yeah. Well, the actual making of the people. It's more when they find out. That was a little personal. Um, <laughs> but it is great when you have kids, though, because when you first, you, you know, and you want to have kids. Because, like, it's like, I don't need to make friends anymore. I can build my own people. <laughs> right? like, it's the greatest thing ever. But anyway, um, see, this is what I did. In my long-term plan to get more citations, a kid, and then she went in the same field as me, as going to graduate school, and she's going to cite my work, and it's going to help me, really. So it's all just selfishness. But do not reject HR. 
Okay? But what if HA is true? That's a mistake. Call that a type 2 error. It's a mistake. But it's not as bad a mistake in a lot of respects. Because someone else will make the correct decision. It's bad. It's, again, it's career bad. It's like, oh, I could have found this. And the other guy found it. Bam. If I'm actually pregnant, if I'm pregnant, that's really something. But me being a female human, if I'm actually pregnant, yet I don't, my, my pregnancy test doesn't work, I get a false negative, I'm going to find it soon enough that I'm pregnant. Or you can go on that show. It's going on that show. <laughs> How does that happen to anybody? You're sitting around and going, well, Boy, I've really put on weight in a very specific place. <laughs> and nowhere else it seems. Plus, it seems that the weight now moves around a lot. I didn't know I was pregnant. It's, it amazes me. I guess, you know, maybe, I don't know. Weird. So, we can make a correct decision, and that's what we want to do here, even though it's not a happy one. It's not something that... A null result isn't exciting. But at least you didn't make an idiot of yourself and say that there are psychics. Type 1 error. We reject HO when HO is actually true. Make a type 2 error. HA is true. We don't. We fail to reject HO. Okay? That's, that's a problem. It's probably not as big of an issue. Someone else will probably do the experiment and find it. Or maybe you'll try again. Okay? Now, this is the one we want again. HA is true, and we reject HO. We want it to be the case that there's, they come from two different two groups. You don't do studies hoping for null results. Right? So you want that to happen. Questions so far? Again, I know you've gone over this stuff before, but. So, I'm right, again, correct decision. HO true, fail to reject. HA true, do not reject. Type 2 error. HO true, reject HO. Type 1 error. HA true, reject HA. Best possible decision. It's a correct decision. Okay. So. How likely is it we're going to make one of these mistakes? So we have some control of the situation. We set the probability of a type 1 error. We actually do that. We can do that. We set it at 0.05. So the likelihood of this happening is 5%. It's 5% chance. It's called alpha. And I apologize in advance for the fact that alpha and beta are going to mean something entirely different in about three weeks. Right now, alpha means this, okay? It's the probability of a type 1 error. The probability of a type 2 error is something we can't set. Uh, when we talk about power, I'll explain this, but we set, our methods are all, excuse me, set up this way. The math is all set up this way. So, Probably the type 2 error depends on n, which is the number of subjects in the study. It depends on sigma, that's the population standard deviation, or, or sigma squared population variance. Either. And it depends on alpha. Besides, probably the type, type 1 error. Okay? And that's called beta. Probably the type 2 error is beta. What you want ideally is small alpha, small beta. You don't want errors. So 1 minus beta is the probability of a correct rejection. That's power, statistical power. That's statistical power. Questions so far? Right. We actually set, what would we set alpha at? Well, magically, we set it at 0.05. Um, this is actually just because of a single person. R.A. Fisher, who was a biologist who did work on uh, 
the first kin selection model, for those of you guys that took evolutionary cyclically or have taken some evolutionary biology, first kin selection model is Ari Fisher. He also invented analysis of variance because he had no way to analyze his data, so he invented a new way to do it. So he's smart. And then a guy named John Tukey, we talked about Tukey, right? Remember Tukey was working on this guy that invented exploratory data analysis. So, well, he coined the term he invented. Tukey apparently sends a telegram, because it's a long time ago, not an email, not a text, through Snapchat. Telegram, Fisher saying what percentage points of the F distribution are your students working on? In other words, what, you know, you know the F table? Right? He said 0.05 is okay, we'll work on that too. That's where it comes from. Because they used to, when people did those, calculate, figured out the probabilities in those uh, tables for F and T and all that, somebody did that for you. Like, somebody did calculus to figure stuff out. It's hard. So they had graduate students working on this night and day, these, ha- these really hard integrals to do this, which is kind of neat. So it's totally because of that, though. So the reason today that we say this poll is accurate, plus or minus 2.5 percentage points, 19 times out of 20 is just because of our efficient. Because one guy did it that way. Had he said 0.03, we'd all be t- worrying about trying to get the 0.03 significance level. This shows how completely arbitrary and ridiculous this is. And it is. It's arbitrary and ridiculous. Um, I would say we might want to be more flexible. So let's say you have a situation where... Let's say you're testing a new drug. It doesn't have... a whole lot of side effects and it's not for a horribly serious condition. Okay? Maybe you want to put the alpha at 0.06, So not a very serious... Let's, okay, so let's say it's something like curing male pattern baldness. And it's got no side effects, we know that. What's the worst thing that can happen? Oh, some guy doesn't get hair grown back. Some guy who's like all obsessed with that, who cares? First of all, just grow up and realize who you are and just deal with it. That's the first thing. But if you're going to put cream on your head because of that, go ahead, go nuts. But really, it's not hurting any. On the other hand, let's say it's an AIDS drug. That's serious. And let's say it's got pretty nasty side effects. Well, we already have AIDS treatments that work pretty well. They don't cure AIDS yet. That'll come. But they work pretty well. They work pretty well. Um, We would want to have alpha a lot lower. Or let's say... On the other hand, let's say it's something like testing the water. When I lived in Quarterbrook, we used to have boil orders um, every spring. For like a month, you boil your water for five minutes before you can drink it, or until you install the, the high infiltration system in your home, which is what we did. That's what most people end up doing eventually, because it's just because the, the further east you go in this country, the worse the water gets. And so does the color. The color gets brownish. It's true. Funny, I remember coming to visit my parents in London, and we were living in Cornerbrook, and I ran a bath for Maggie, who was uh, mistakenly come here. She was, she was like five. And she said, There's something wrong with the water. I said, It's clear, honey. Water here's clear. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it was some way to do. And it was, the fear was Giardia. You know what Giardia is? It's really unpleasant. It's, 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 it's what they call it beaver fever. It's from uh, beaver droppings getting in the water supply. And it's exceedingly unpleasant. It can kill you if you're young or you're very old. Uh, and it's kind of like you know, poop and, and, and puke yourself to death. It's really unpleasant. And for, for people like all of us, it would just be an unpleasant three or four days of constantly being on the toilet and just deciding what end it's going to come out of at this point. <laughs> so it's, it's not fun. So what you do is you boil your water. And you know what? I don't care if they set the alpha at point two for that. The inconvenience of me boiling my water and it's a false positive beats the hell out of me. <laughs> right? So 
so in that case, a public health issue, secondhand smoke was like that. Secondhand smoke, you'll notice a single study has found a 0.05 uh, effect saying that secondhand smoke is damaging to anybody. But you know what? It all goes in the same direction, and it's all at what, 0.07. It's like, yeah, it's probably not good for you. It seems exceedingly unlikely that it's even neutral. Right? I think it's kind of a little silly saying people can't smoke outside. Don't smoke, by the way. And I'm one of those ex-smokers that isn't like, going, you're worse than Hitler if you smoke. It's like, just if you want to smoke, go ahead. Go nuts. I don't care. Just don't. You don't have to always be. You're outside. Who cares? We live in a steel. <laughs> you think that's not a problem? No, it's not. People can suck on a bite if they want. Anyway, that's, what I'm saying is, in that case, again, it's a public health issue. I'm probably going to be a little lenient with you. What's the worst thing that false positive happens? There's any cigarette butts around. <laughs> That's probably okay. Right? So we should probably be more flexible, but in, in, typically we aren't. Typically we really aren't. I, I, what I would say here is, look, if you've got an effect, if you've you found something, let's say you found psychics, you better be putting that alpha of lower than 0.05. And there's a whole other approach to statistics. Uh, it's called Bayesian statistics. That says that that's what we ought to be doing. Saying, look, if we've got extra, uh, extraordinary claims, we better have extraordinary evidence. And it doesn't work really the same as this a whole lot. But it, it's that kind of idea. It's not really. Ju- it's not just changing your alpha, Bayesian statistics. It's an entirely different approach. But let's say you've got a, an effect that goes with everything else you found in, the, in, your, in your research. And it's 0.06. What should stop you from interpreting that? I think, in fact, if it goes together with everything else you hypothesize and all your other effects, you should probably be able to say, yeah, that's right. I once got this on a review of an article. Do not discuss non-significant effects. It went along with everything else that I predicted. It went along literally with something some people have called the Broadback effect. One guy called it. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It never caught on, which is sad. Um, I discussed it. I said it was 0.0504. But what the hell? I, I thought to myself, look, it goes along with everything else that I've demonstrated five or six times. Other labs have demonstrated. It's a thing. It's out there. People are testing it. It works. If I had ran my birds for another freaking day, I would have been fine. I'm going to talk about it. You're not discussing non-significant effects. I wrote back and I said, fine, I'll take it out. You realize if I rounded that, it's 0.05, right? That's the same person that told me to change the name of, when I wrote subjects to animals. Or no, sorry, to, to participants. He said, APA says you can't call them subjects anymore. I said, they didn't sign up. I went out and caught them. <laughs> they live in cages. They aren't people. So I think I was a little silly, and I think in hindsight, I probably should have, I was being a bit of an idiot when I put that in there. I probably just should have rounded it to 0.05, but I didn't. Because I was trying to be, you know, honest, have some integrity in what have you. But I thought, ah, oh, this will be fine. No. But you know what? That was just that one editor, who's also a very good person, by the way, and a totally nice guy. I can't believe he was being such a... Because <laughs> uh, I know the guy, he's really a good guy. I haven't talked to him since. Uh, it kind of bo- clearly it bothers me because 20 odd years later it's still on a slide. <laughs> so, I mean, we should be a little more um, flexible, and we really are with public health, things like that, they really are a lot more flexible. I know with the boil orders in Cornerbrook, it was 0.15 because I asked somebody. They said one standard deviation, which is actually 0.16. So, yeah. Yeah, 0.16, which I was like, I'm fine with that. That's great. 16% of the time, they're making me boil my water without need to. Oh, well, that's too bad. The whole time we lived there, we never got sick, though, which is good. And you think about that, with something like that, public health, there are cases, you think of the Walkerton case, that in Southern Ontario, people died. And that was for E. coli poisoning in the water. You can kill people with contaminated water. People die. It's hard to die from majority of it. People do. You know, people literally diarrhea themselves to death. Man, that's a great way to go. If that was going to happen, I'd be like, is anybody have a sword I can kill myself with? Because that sounds more pleasant. 
Questions about this stuff? Okay, that was a lot for the first full day. So we'll stop now. Um, unless you guys want to know more statistics, you're good? Bye. Yeah. Yeah. podcast is released under a Creative Commons copyright share like 2.5 Canada. Uh, feel free to redistribute the information as you see fit, but please don't make any money out of it. And if you do, you got to tell me because I'm reserving that right. Giving up all the other ones, including uh, mash it up any way you want, okay? Um, also, of course, give me attribution. If you want to get a hold of me, my email address is dave.broadbeck, B-R-O-D-B-E-C-K, at algomau.ca. My website is people.auc.ca slash broadbeck slash blog. Uh, most of the music, uh, all the music's Podsafe, and most of it comes from GarageBand.com or the Podsafe Music Network. See you next time.